unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. The mantle of this calling is real to represent the Savior. And if we allow that to happen, we will find that our own limitations, be it the language we have to learn or how much I know about the gospel or how good of a communicator or teacher I am, they kind of go more into the background. And what comes into the foreground is my relationship with the Savior. And if that is allowed to be in the foreground, um, marvelous things can happen. Hey everyone, welcome back to Saints Unscripted. And uh, we've got two very special guests today. Uh, this was a big request from a lot of our Instagram audience. They, we asked what kind of individuals they would like to see. And so you asked and uh, we delivered, I guess. <laughs> uh, we have a former mission president, Oxel Limer, yes. and his wife, Trisha Limer. And they've come on to talk today about what it's like to be a mission president. Well, we're happy to be here. Yeah, or mission leaders. What it's like to be mission yeah. leaders. Should I say <laughs> that? Right. Together we're mission leaders. That's Together. the terminology we use now. Yeah, yes. that's something that I learned today. But why don't you, real quick, just introduce yourselves a little bit. Tell us a little about yourselves, um, where you served, uh, when you served, that kind of thing. <laughs> We uh, we met in Denver. Um, President Limer is from Germany. He's from Frankfurt, and we were married for ten years and had five children when we moved to Germany in two thousand. And we raised our children there. And we were called from Frankfurt to the Berlin mission in two thousand eighteen and served from there. Um, and then we recently moved back after twenty one years of living in Germany in April. So we've been. Back, back to Utah. Wow. And, and boy, wow. that was a, a <clears throat> bumpy entry. I'm re-entry. sure it was. <laughs> Culture shock. Yes. You're not I'm from, from Denver. Denver. You're from Denver. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. I'm also from Denver. Good so, for you. Yeah. Nice. Great Old place. <laughs> I, am, I am not from Frankfurt. So <laughs> we'll find something in common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you served in the, in the Berlin uh, Germany mission yes. um, from... 2018 to 2020. So usually mission presidents serve three years. You came home. That's correct. Yes. Um, A little over two years into it, I required some heart surgery and that went pretty good. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's a little thing of repair of a valve. And it was an interesting thing because I called the general authority in charge of uh, mission medical. And I said, what does that mean? And he said, well, we don't release uh, mission presidents and wives. We don't release mission leaders for minor things like heart surgery. So it was very relieved. For minor things like (laughs) heart surgery. Yeah, there was a little bit of a joke between us. But um, obviously, we did not want to be released. We absolutely loved that calling, that assignment. It's been the greatest adventure because also because we were able to do it together. We were together every day for over two years which was a blessing for us and unusual because we always had different assignments and different things to do. Um, But then I had a post-operative stroke and that got us released immediately. (laughs) So I was temporarily paralyzed, but I recovered well. And, um, but we were released early and um, And unexpectedly, unexpectedly. And, uh, and that was not an easy thing to digest, but it was also a blessing uh, as we saw that when we returned, um, that we were always in the right place at the right time. Returned back from our mission, came back yes. here. 
And, uh, and then we also had a lot of missionaries in the uh, 26 months that we served as mission leaders who uh, returned home early, either for health reasons, um, for emotional health reasons uh, many times, and also because of COVID. We had two evacuation waves. And we, we understood that it was very difficult for those missionaries that early release was a tough thing to digest. And so now we were in a position where we could even better relate to them. Yeah. And we had a certain credibility as we talked about, you know, how do you process that in, in early release? Um, is the Lord disappointed or did I do my best? You know, yeah. is that okay? Is, and as we always told people, we said, look, if for any reason you've given your best, but you cannot continue, the circumstances or your health doesn't allow it, the Lord will accept the offering. And there's nothing doctrinal about serving 24, 18 months. I mean, missions have been three years. They've been two and a half years. That's changed over the history of the church, right? Um, and, and we felt strongly that when somebody needed to go home early, it was usually for them and to protect them, um, that they had served a full mission. The Lord accepted the offering and they served a full mission. No ifs and buts about it. And there shouldn't be any guilt associated with that or anything else. And so, you know, then we were reminded of what we had told the missionaries when we were in that situation. And and I think that was a great it was a great learning opportunity for us. You've been yeah. able to have some meaningful conversations with some of the missionaries as they've come to us since we've been home and um, yeah. sat in our living room and we've been able to it's you know the younger the young missionaries have it a little harder because if you come home early um and to no fault of your own whatever it is it doesn't matter the people back in your ward will say oh you're back already wait a minute yeah. <laughs> Has it been two years? Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. And they get the questions. And we always told them, please be prepared for the questions. People mean well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes maybe there'll be a comment that is not fully reflected. Yeah. You know, and but just be prepared for that. It's normal. That's part of normal interaction with people. We don't have that. When we came home and nobody, you know, and your mission leader, nobody questions that. And and, and many people aren't even aware of how long that service is supposed to be. They don't know be. when you started. Well, they don't remember yeah. when you left. Right. <laughs> so we didn't have that. Um, but we know the young missionaries have to answer that question a lot. Yeah. What exactly are the responsibilities of, of a mission president or just mission leaders? Uh, that's a great question. Um, so together as mission leaders, we share the responsibility for all of the missionaries their well-being in instructing them um, both spiritually so doctrinally but also in how to do, be efficient missionaries how to find people to teach we practice with them how to teach you know do role plays um, and be personally as the president of the mission holding the keys and i have also responsibility like a bishop or state president would have for them just during that time interviewing them making sure they're spiritually okay emotionally okay if there are any moral struggles, um, um, any of that sort, right? So it's a pretty um, broad responsibility. You kind of feel like you're responsible for everything. And then you have to remind though that you're dealing with adults, young adults, but nonetheless adults, and you have to allow some room for them to self-govern and to be responsible for themselves as well. So you balance that. Um, we interact with the state presidents, you know, local leaders, um, coordinate the missionary work, share 
and the responsibility of missionary work with the stake presidents and the bishops, and share in the responsibility for the young missionaries with their stake presidents at home and, of course, their parents. Wow. It's a lot of people you got to coordinate with. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And, and, then, and we also watch over the medical issues, you know, and then ah. we started. Oh, you've got, you have <clears throat> medical, you have their housing, you yeah. have the cars, you have the bikes, you have travel arrangements, visas. Oh wow. <laughs> I would make a, a horrible person. Oh, well, I'm we, not good at any oh, of those be, You would be fine. We couldn't do it without <laughs> Maybe I should, the couples. I'll say you will be fine. The oh, couples sure. were really, really important. But right. we also had fantastic young missionaries in the office and lots of support. It was, yeah. it was, it's a team effort. Yeah. Cool. It's a village. So, you know, at the beginning, <laughs> yeah. we didn't, the first few months, we didn't have a mission nurse and, and Sister Lyman, Tricia took all the calls, um, for, from running noses to, you know, I broke my, I think I broke my ankle or yeah. something. Oh, I had goodness. a bike accident and, and I, the first couple of months, um, we were in the car a lot trying to get to know all the missions, getting to all of the, um, Words, the, the, the wards or the zones and and getting to know all the missionaries and interviews and so we were on the road and she was on the phone all day long in the car i was driving and i'm thinking to myself this is a pretty easy assignment <laughs> i phone rings two three times a day and she never gets to hang up you know it right. just goes from one call to the next <laughs> so wow that's crazy so would you say like as a mission president i mean for missionaries most of the work is very like very spiritually based, spiritually driven. It sounds like most of the mission presidents, mission leaders' responsibilities are kind of administrative. Oh, not at technical. all. Technical. Mm -hmm. yeah, we we tried. Go we ahead. we yeah. had. I, I felt like that became. It was nice when the nurse came. We had a, a, a couple. Sure, yeah. sure, it was. And I could just hand that off because that really was secondary. It had to be upfront when it was something critical, but. Um, we felt we felt so tied into the missionaries. You had. You had this this connection from the very beginning. It was incredible, and I've never felt anything like that before. And you you start to um, just start to get this input from from the spirit about each one of them. Um, it's much more than administrative, no doubt. I think because of your responsibility for so many people, and. You want them all to have a good experience because you know it's forming 18 to 24 months, wherever long it is, it's forming for life. I mean, I remember my first mission as a young missionary <clears throat> has formed me. My relationship with my mission leaders, my mission president in particular, formed me. Um, all of those experiences that I had are still with me today. And so you're focused on that. And the revelation that comes, the input that comes through the Holy Ghost on a continuous basis, I, I can't compare it to anything else. I've served as bishop, stake president in Area 70, and they've all been wonderful experiences. But once you've served as a mission leader, I think everything else pales in comparison. You, you constantly have input, not just when you make transfer decisions, but as you encounter missionaries, um, you see things, you understand things that can only come through the Spirit, knowledge that can only come through the Spirit. And, and it is touching to me because it's an evidence of the love that God has for every one of them. And it is almost overwhelming. For us, it was love at first sight. When, when we first met the mission was actually um, an interesting experience. It was before we started. We received the call. And with your call letter, you also get another letter from the missionary department, you know, essentially saying, do not travel to your mission until your first you know, day of your call. 
So in other words, stay out of the hair of the, you know, yeah. of the previous, uh, of your predecessor or the currently serving mission president. But I had priesthood responsibility for that mission at that time. And I traveled there. We traveled there with a number of senior leaders. And one time we traveled there with elder Under and sister. Assignment. By assignment mm -hmm. with elder and sister Rasband. And, and we walk into uh, the stake center. In Berlin. And uh, in Berlin. And the entire mission was lined up for a group photo. It's a little so sketchy around up chairs. Stage, you know, <laughs> Balancing and they, on things. On tables and chairs and whatever to create a big group picture. with just the seats left for us as we walked in. And so we walked into this room and, this view. and unexpectedly oh, saw place. the whole mission, what is a month or so before we mm -hmm. officially started. And I can say it was love at first sight and it's completely overwhelming. Um, and then you think, oh, I have, I've, I've met 200 and I can remember their names, which is incredible. <laughs> and then with every new, new group that comes in, you have, 10 or 15 or 20 sometimes new missionaries that come in um, and you you feel that love just like you did for the first and it does it continues and we have in the end we had over 400 missionaries that we loved like our own and um, we still do it doesn't stop after that's a lot of missionaries yeah it's a lot of love a lot of love yep yeah. <laughs> so so many missionaries have have come home and they're, they're part of our audience. Um, people preparing for missions are part of our audience. Um, and mission presidents are always different. You know, you any any one mission president is not usually comparable to another. But uh, nevertheless, I think a lot of people just want to hear something from a mission president couple, a mission leader couple, that they don't normally get to hear from their own mission president. So if if you could say anything to a missionary, something that you want them to know, either in retrospect about their own mission or preparing to go on a mission? Like, what is the most important thing that you would want to share with missionaries from a mission leader perspective? Do you want to go first on that? One of the special things about being a missionary is that you are called to represent the Savior. Um, and you feel that love for the people you teach. Um, and I think that while missions are probably one of the hardest things that you're asked to do, you're asked to leave a lot of your coping mechanisms, a lot of the fun, a lot of your family, everything behind. Um, and you're also asked to step out outside of your comfort zone a lot and teach people and approach people that you don't know. And, and talk about things that aren't normal conversations in our world. Um, you also have that mantle. And um, when you leave it and you come back home, you are able to continue that if you choose. You, you, can, you can feel love for people without having the call. You've learned that there are, there are, things that you have incorporated into your everyday life that allow you to feel love for people and to feel Christ-like love for people. And there's no reason why that can't continue. It's just a matter of <coughs> allowing the spirit to, to continue to flow through you as you approach people. And um, 
we've always, from the very beginning, our first goal was to connect our missionaries to the Spirit. And I always said it felt like this this cord was hanging down above each one of our missionaries. Like a USB cord. Yeah, and then it was our job to connect them so that they felt connected to their Father in Heaven and to their Savior. And then it just happened. Everything else was secondary because then you can just, it just continues. And if our goal is nothing more than to continue that, now that we're at home, our, our relationships with our missionaries continue and we want them to stay connected. I think, you know, as, as Tricia was talking about this, the calling, the mantle of this calling is real to represent the Savior. And if we allow that to happen, we will find that our own limitations, be it the language we have to learn or how much I know about the gospel or how good of a communicator or teacher I am, they kind of go more into the background. And what comes into the foreground is my relationship with the Savior. And if that is allowed to be in the foreground, um, marvelous things can happen. The Savior truly, and the Lord, they, they truly help us to accomplish that mission and to represent them and to preach the gospel. And we can do things that we could have never done on our own. And so I think that's a, that's a very real, real experience. And in that, for, for young people who prepare to go on a mission, go on a mission, I would say, just allow yourself to be immersed in that. Um, let go of the things you hang on to from home. Just give them up for the 18 or 24 months. It's okay. You're not going to lose anything. It'll and be back. It'll be there when you come. Oh, it'll, it'll be, be there. there. <laughs> it'll be there. And, and, and it'll be there in a better, more enjoyable way, most likely, because you have a different, a new perspective. And, and I would say embrace the mission standards and trust that mission standards are there to protect you and to make you successful. In all of that, of course, and, and this is one of the worries that we always had, and we were very cautious in that, we, we emphasized those things and said, let's do it according to the standards. The Lord, through the brethren, has said, and it have also been tested and tried, you know, few many, many years with hundreds of thousands of missionaries. But, you know, also worry that in all of that, people then say, oh, I have all of this on my shoulder. And how can I be perfect? And then and we would say, you know, a little cautionary tale in that is you're not expected to be perfect. If, if that's your goal, you're going to fail. And you're going to get um, an increase of anxiety, potentially even depression. You won't be very happy. Right? And, and that's one of, the, one of the big risks as we try to follow the Savior Jesus Christ to the best of our ability. I cannot compare my ability to anybody else's. Uh, you know, Alex, Taylor, you both have different abilities and my wife and I have different abilities and, and we all do. And, and we just need to look at the Savior and say, am I giving my best? Whatever that is in that day. There's a wonderful scripture I'd like to share. I missed and, this. <laughs> it's what? I missed this. You missed this. Okay. So here it is. Um, Doctrine and Covenants section 123. Um, I love this scripture because it puts it back into perspective for us. Verse 17, last verse. Uh, it says, Therefore, dearly beloved brethren, and I'd like to add the sisters to that, of course, <laughs> let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power. And then may we stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. Now, beautiful scripture. When Joseph Smith received revelation, 
he received it and put it down in a way in a language that was spoken in his time, in his place. So it was English, of course, and it was an English that we don't speak in that form anymore. We don't say on the street or when we have a normal conversation here, we don't speak with therefore and right. thou art and beloved brethren. Yeah. <laughs> you know, beloved brother and sister, you know. Um, but it was revealed, of course, and recorded in the language of the day that people spoke and understood. And 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 in churches and a religion, they spoke an English that, you know, at church, they spoke a kind of sometimes King James-like English. And we don't do that anymore. When we listen to general conference coming up, the brethren don't get up to the podium and speak in King James language. They speak in normal English that we speak today. And that's revelation too, that they receive. So I like to do this. This is my personal little experiment, okay? I like to take this verse and say, what if that verse were received as revelation today? In the language that many of your audience speak, would it sound different? So let me read it again, the way it is recorded, and suggest a shorter, more modern read, okay, after that. So therefore, dearly beloved brethren and sisters, let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power, and then may we stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. Modern language, be happy. Do the best you can, and then chill. <laughs> um, the Lord like loves that. us, and as President Nelson has taught us, the Lord loves effort. I think the perfection thing is really important. Um, we get that all the time from our missionaries now as they come and talk to us. They're like, oh, I'm not doing what I used to. You know, I don't feel it like I used to. Get caught in a perfection trap. We've, we've yeah. done a few episodes on that subject. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, over and over again, we're, we're talking to them about what does, what does that, in the church, we tend to have a, a need to portray something that we're not that maybe we feel everybody else feels like we should be. Mm -hmm. And your motivation is what matters. And when you go to church, are you going there because you need to be, you need to, you need to fill that check mark every week and you need, and it's expected of you from family members or from friends, or you don't want to disappoint people or um, because it's a habit, or are you going there because you really feel love and, and you have a need to show that love back? and you want to commit again through those covenants. Um, like everything, that motivation decides really how much Heavenly Father can help you and how much, um, how much you feel perfect through His love. And it's not a matter of what you do, it's a matter of why you do it. Thank you. Um, He's prepared. He is, because it happens all the time. Our missionaries <laughs> know that. <laughs> um, but the, the, the perfection thing is probably the biggest hindrance to people yes. feeling the Spirit and un, unconnecting themselves from, from that, um, that really important connection to the Spirit. If somebody goes home and never has been near baptism because that's the way it was in the areas they served in, but they have that connection to the Lord as part of their mission service and learned to rely on revelation, personal revelation, and to and trust the Lord. to know Him. Oh, then everything is one, right? Um, and and as, as she said, you know, it's just imagine if a missionary, if you're a missionary and you're out there, 
just imagine all the people in town and on the street walking around with that USB cord over their head dangling, but they're not connected. They don't even know it's there. And you help them as you teach them, as you share what you know and what's dear to you and your faith, you teach them there is a God. He listens and he responds. And you teach them how to take ants questions to the Lord and how to receive and recognize the answers. When you do that, it's like literally plugging them in. So let me plug you into heaven, right? And that's really the, that's what we do. And, and if we could not accomplish anything more than that, what a blessing that would be. And so often we walk away from that connection because we feel guilty or unworthy or less than or not loved. Yeah. And, um, and, I think that is probably the most important thing that we have repeated over and over again to our missionaries as they come home and as we've seen them is just to reflect that. It's like having a mirror and you just feel that love for them from Heavenly Father and you just kind of reflect on that. Well, we would love to keep talking about this. This is uh, our episodes. We talk about this all the time, but the episodes are just not long enough. But thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you for your experiences, thank you for your service, and for everything you do for missionaries and for everything that you shared on the show with our audience. So remember, be happy, do your best, love one another, and uh, things will be fine. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.